0: Oh, 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 Nebraska. You had an opportunity on the road against Michigan State to punch a weak, injured, demoralized, nearly the entire glass is empty Michigan State team. Out of all the remaining games in the month of November, Michigan State on the road, Maryland at home, Wisconsin on the road, although that loss to Indiana doesn't look too good, and Iowa at home, this on paper was definitely the easiest game. And Nebraska, you just had to give this one away. Well, pardon me, that's taking away credit from Harlan Barnett and Michigan State and giving too much credit to Matt Rule, Marcus Satterfield, and Tony White. Michigan State took that win away from you. The Spartans outgained Nebraska in total yards. They forced three turnovers, and in fact, they could have had more turnovers. Heinrich Harburg was not an effective passer. He had one more fumble that his offensive lineman recovered, and Nebraska overall just played an extremely sloppy game despite having a three-minute possession advantage, an eight first-down advantage, completing 33% of their third downs as opposed to under 20, 25% for Michigan State. And despite having the better rushing attack, Nebraska lost to the Michigan State Spartans 17-20. And I want to give Harlan Barnett credit because for the first time all season, Harlan Barnett actually called the game properly. Michigan State punting on that 4th and 1 is a decision that, if they lost, we could have all looked back on and said they should have ran it there. But Michigan State hasn't ran well all season, and Nebraska's defense, even on an off day like yesterday, was still competent. I mean, when you hold a team to 20 points, you should win especially when you have a talent advantage like the one Nebraska does. Uh, That was the right call. It was. Nebraska struggled to move the ball on Michigan State all day, and Michigan State struggles to run the ball, and dating all the way back to Central Michigan, the Spartans struggle to convert fourth and shorts and third and shorts because of Jay Johnson's bad play calling, and typically on a third and short, fourth and short, the defense stacks the box and takes a great offensive line and run game to push forward and convert that with a run that everyone knows is coming. Michigan State doesn't have that. So, good win for the Spartans. Barnett made good decisions, kept the team together. A uh, Matt Rule made a plethora of poor decisions. Same with Satterfield, same with Tony White, same with the Nebraska players. It just wasn't a good day for Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, like the old Nebraska, snatched defeat. From the jaws of victory except that the difference is instead of at the end of the game they did this the minute they walked on the field the minute Michigan State was able to drive down on Nebraska you knew something was wrong welcome back fellow football fanatics it's your host college football with Sam hit that big red subscribe button to celebrate the fact that Matt Rule still has Nebraska back on track And click the notification bell so you can get notified when I make more Nebraska football, Michigan State football, and Big Ten football content. Please comment your reactions to this game down below. Share this video around to other Nebraska and Michigan State fans. And like the video so we can get this channel into the algorithm so that we can hit 20,000 subscribers by the end of the college football season. If you could share this video around, as I've mentioned earlier, so we can get those 20,000 subs. That would be absolutely awesome. And lastly, check out my Patreon page if you want some bonus content, and if you want to support the channel via the link in the description and in the pinned comment. I still think Matt Rule and this staff are bringing Nebraska football in the right direction. The reason I reacted the way I did at the beginning of this video is Michigan State stinks. You want to see one of the worst power five teams in all of college football currently look at east lansing you want to see a team whose staff has wrecked a roster that is full of underrated talent well look at east lansing the spartans have nathan carter running back nick samak center katon hauser quarterback monterey foster jr wide receiver They have Jordan Hall, Cal Halliday, Jacoby Windman, Aaron Brule, all linebackers. They have Simeon Barrow Jr., Jalen Sammy, and their secondary, while still subpar, has some young players that, if developed better, would be good. Dylan Tatum and Jaden Mangum and Charles Brantley, for example. The Spartans have talent, and... I think that is part of the reason why they were able to beat Nebraska here is Michigan State and Nebraska have more comparable talent than pure recruiting rankings would suggest. Also, Nebraska played an off game. I mean, again, the minute Michigan State not drove, not only drove once, but two times down on Nebraska, and they were able to you know, garner first downs and, and show some force, you knew that something was up. This Nebraska team is known for defending the run, and they did that, but they're not known for giving up nearly 10 yards per pass attempt. That's, that's pretty strange. Alante Brown had a 42-yard trick play pass. Sam Leavitt was 1 of 2 for 25 yards in a touchdown. Hauser was 13 of 20 for... 165 yards in a touchdown Michigan State had 232 passing yards and two passing touchdowns and they only averaged two yards per carry on the ground but they were able to run just enough 31 carries and long rushes of 9 6 7 4 and some others in that range to keep Nebraska's defense honest Michigan State has good players, but their coaching staff is the definition of ineptitude, with Jay Johnson being close to the level of Brian Ferentz as an offensive coordinator. Um, He's going to be gone after this season. And Scotty Hazleton being close to the level of Alex Grinch as a defensive coordinator. Oh, wait, Alex Grinch was finally fired today. It, It took letting Dylan Johnson, who wasn't really known well as a running back for rushing for nearly 300 yards on your pathetic defense for Lincoln Riley to finally let go of you. Michigan State staff just puts their players in the worst possible position, and as I've mentioned several times this season, the way Michigan State has performed collectively compared to how their players perform at an individual level shows that the problem more has to do with coaching than recruiting. Which reflects poorly on Mel Tucker and the assistance that he brought to the program more so than it does to, let's say, the recruiting ability of the staff. The recruiting ability, I think some of these players were recruited fairly and they were scouted pretty well by Tucker and company. But the development and the training has been awful. This team cannot function as a team. That's why they were two and six. 0 and 5 in conference, and why I didn't have time to make a video, but I predicted Nebraska was going to win 24 to 6, and that they would struggle to move the ball on Michigan State because Nebraska's offense stinks. Their offensive line is bad, but I thought they'd be able to eventually wear down Michigan State's defense by pounding the rock. And Michigan State's offense can't score on anyone. Period. Amen. One problem. When you are facing the Spartans and you find yourself having a worse pass offense than their dysfunctional pass offense, and you find yourself having an inferior passing defense to one of the worst passing defenses of the past two, three, four years, you're going to lose. That's how bad Michigan State's passing game is on both sides of the ball on a consistent basis. And we knew that Nebraska's was bad offensively, but defensively, for them to look that way, to fall for those trick plays, to get burned in the fashion that they did, it was uncharacteristic and very disappointing. And to put it simply, that's why they lost. Keaton Hauser was a big part of Michigan State's success. He's my player of the game. He had a great day against a great defense. And he went 13 of 20 for 165 yards, and he had one touchdown. Played a good game. He also had a few scrambles on the ground. He had 10 carries for 13 yards, averaged 1.3 yards per carry with a long scramble of six, and that's sack adjusted. Uh, Nebraska had three sacks and seven tackles for loss and four passes deflected. Another problem for Nebraska. A Keaton on the year, hasn't been as impressive as he was yesterday against your Blackshirt defense. He had a second-best passer rating of the season, a 150.8 passer rating. If you take out his games against Richmond and Washington where he didn't start, he had a career-high in passer rating and a near-career-high in quarterback efficiency when you look at games where he started. He started against Rutgers and had a 76.9 QBR. He had a 54.5 QBR against Nebraska. So he wasn't a phenomenal quarterback. But a freshman, 6'3", 215 pounds, his supporting cast is not friendly to him. Neither is his play caller. And he was successful. And I think that, look, whoever's the head coach of Michigan State in the future, with Keaton Hauser and Sam Leavitt, and a running back in Nathan Carter, who I think's a great running back, and Tyrell Henry, Monterey Foster Jr., Christian Fitzpatrick. Michigan State does have a serviceable stable of skill players and even of offensive linemen. I mean, Nebraska's defense is vicious, and this offensive line giving up three sacks, seven tackles for loss, it's not good It's not acceptable if you want to be a great program, but Michigan State's rebuilding. They're suffering injuries, and they have potential on offense and on defense. They just need the right head coach to come in, recruit even just a little better than usual, recruit just fringe top 25, top 20 classes, and be a developmental program, and Michigan State would be contending for the Big Ten. You get an even bigger fish in the Michigan State coaching job, like let's say an Urban Meyer. Or maybe you can go a little lower than that. Maybe a Kalen DeBoer or a Jonathan Smith. I'd especially lean the former, seeing that Washington right now is, well, they're also 9-0. and Right now, Kalen DeBoer is 20-2 and at Washington. And Michigan State, I think, would recruit better than Washington, at least in their current situations. Once Washington moves into the Big Ten, that will help their recruiting in the same way that The four former Pac-12 schools moving to the Big Ten will help the Big Ten recruit in the fertile grounds of California. But Michigan State has talent. Nebraska does as well. Nebraska has Thomas Fedoni, who led the team in receiving yards with 43 on three receptions. They have Emmett Johnson, who right now is their best running back. They have Anthony Grant, who can run hard. And if he fixes his fumble habits, I think he's a good running back. And they have Heinrich Harburg, who's a quarterback with a high ceiling, but unlike Hauser, he turned over the football. One fumble that was lost, another fumble that was recovered by his offensive line, two interceptions, averaged 4.6 yards per pass attempt. He had a long scramble of 43, and yet he only had 31 rushing yards. That's because Michigan State had seven sacks and 12 tackles for loss. Nebraska's offensive line looked like Colorado's if you want to be real about it It was not a good performance by Nebraska in any any aspect of the game of college football not impressive at all um you look at Michigan State and they outplayed Nebraska in the pass offense pass defense and I would say run defense as well Nebraska's rushing offense is just a strength of the team in spite of their offensive line. Um, When you compare Michigan State and Nebraska's run game, I think to hold Nebraska to 3.6 yards per carry is more impressive than holding Michigan State to 2 yards per carry, just given how both rushing offenses have functioned all season long. And there's one more thing I want to mention before we move on to talking about the two teams specifically. There are Nebraska fans. I saw this on Corn Crazed's live reaction and on Corn Nation's brief reaction video. He did one from the bathroom because that's where, insert expletive here, belongs. I imagine you Nebraska fans know that whole deal. It's a pretty funny expected reaction but there are nebraska fans calling for heinrich harberg to be benched on both of those channels and my question to all of you is well who's going to maximize nebraska's chance chances to win more than heinrich harberg you want jeff sims well i'll uh, put jeff sims in and insert fumble here 3 plays later fumble here uh, throws to the defensive back, thinking that the defensive back is the wide receiver, despite being of a completely different colored jersey. I mean, no. No Jeff Sims. What about Chuba Purdy? Well, Chuba Purdy does not have the same mobility as Heinrich Harburg. And Heinrich Harburg, while not extremely accurate, does have a cannon of an arm. So he can hit totally wide-open receivers— He can fling it up there for one-on-one opportunities. It worked poorly against Michigan State, but it's worked well in other games. And he can really run the football, and he can take a beating and not get hurt. He's physically tough. And you need a quarterback like that, especially behind the offensive line that Nebraska has. That's part of the reason their rushing attack is one of the best in the nation by the box score is because Heinrich Harburg's legs add a completely different dimension to their rushing offense. So that's lunacy. If if Matt Rule comes out and starts Jeff Sims against Maryland or Chubba Purdy against Maryland, that might work. If he did that against Wisconsin or Iowa, I would just turn the TV to the next game and just wait to see the absolute disaster that unfolds. Heinrich Harburg's the best quarterback in the room right now. And Rule is being smart by sticking with him. And I think that Nebraska still has a chance to win the West. They do, even after this absolute debacle of a game. This this was bad. 2-6 uh, and six team. I know it's senior day. It's their final home game. But Nebraska has looked that much better than Michigan State. I mean, they really have. Both played Michigan. Nebraska at least was able to—I know it was a garbage-time touchdown, but they were able to score. They were able to get in the red zone. Michigan State couldn't do anything against Michigan. But in retrospect, with hindsight, I should have I should have seen that Nebraska has a very limited offense, and the defense, while great, is susceptible in some ways— also, that spread, I know that Michigan State was only a 7-point underdog against Minnesota. I think Vegas was sensing that Michigan State was going to find a win either against Minnesota or Nebraska. They got their pick on Minnesota totally wrong, and I got that one right. And they got their pick on Michigan State wrong, or right, rather, and I got that one totally wrong. Nebraska's currently 3-3. Three and three tied with Wisconsin and Minnesota, and because of their loss to Minnesota, they would be at the bottom of that three-way tie. So instead of being second like Minnesota or third like Wisconsin, they're fourth. Iowa's 4-2, four and two, though, and that's good news for Nebraska because Minnesota's probably not winning out as they face Ohio State, and at Purdue and hosting Wisconsin are very losable games. Wisconsin just lost to Indiana, and they have to play... They have to play, I think, Northwestern. I know they have to play Minnesota at the end of the year. I forget what other team they have to play. Oh, Nebraska, in between Minnesota and Northwestern. That's a very winnable game for the Huskers, is at Wisconsin, even though it's on the road. Nebraska right now has the much better run game, and Nebraska and Wisconsin have a similar level of play defensively. It is on the road, though, and Wisconsin is the better special teams unit. Minnesota-Nebraska has already played, and the Cornhuskers have beat, have lost to the Gophers. Pardon me for getting that mixed up. But again, the Gophers have to travel on the road and face Ohio State, who's a beast. Nebraska would lose to Ohio State by 30 or 40 points, for example. It would take them the whole game to get there, unlike Michigan, where it really took them two or three quarters, but they would eventually do that to Nebraska, given their defense and the fact that their offense will wear you down. They found a way to run with Travion Henderson, and they still have elite playmakers there. And Minnesota, even if they catch Ohio State napping because the Gophers travel to Columbus the week before Ohio State has to travel to face Michigan on the road, even if the Gophers catch the Buckeyes napping sleepwalking, overlooking them to face Michigan, I guarantee you Ohio State will likely win that game, even though I could see Minnesota with their rushing attack playing close, maybe pulling off the impossible upset. Then again, Minnesota just lost to Illinois, so if they lose to Purdue or Wisconsin, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. They could realistically finish 5-7, and seven, even though 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five is much more likely than that. Nebraska hosts Maryland, who is on a four-game losing streak. They're demoralized. I know that Corncraze said that he thinks they could be motivated, but this is a road game. Maryland's two and four in conference, they're injured along the offensive line. And I don't know what to tell you. Nebraska is a tough place to play. It really is. Um and once Nebraska becomes a better team and they build up their roster, it will become an even tougher place to play because not only will the environment be intimidating, but the team will be intimidating. And that's been Nebraska's problem at home. Their home field environment is intimidating, but what doesn't help them is their team is viewed as a cakewalk by major programs and good teams. All I'm saying, and perhaps I got a little too involved in this, but Nebraska, they can win the West still. I mean, if they if they win out, they're in. I'm serious. If they went out, they're basically in, unless Minnesota somehow goes, you know, 3-0 and and beats Ohio State, which I think that is extremely unlikely. I once again want to give praise to Keaton Hauser. I know that he's been on the screen for a while, but really, we've been talking about Nebraska for the past several minutes, and, and that's because there's a lot more to talk about in regards to Nebraska than Michigan State though we'll talk more about Michigan State toward the end of this video because we save the best for last. And in this case, I'm happy for Michigan State fans, and actually for my parents who are Spartan fans, my dad, after Heinrich Harburg ripped off that long run, got up out of the chair and just went on a walk because he thought he was going to witness another choke job and he was really mad. Thankfully, he didn't get to see the end of the game because he got up and went on a walk, but he was pleased that Michigan State ended up pulling out a win. He said he was thankful regardless for leaving the room because he probably would have gotten really frustrated after seeing Noah Kim miss a field goal that would have put Michigan State up 23-17. to Michigan State, for once, for the first time since early September, was the better team in a game they played, and they move on to 3-6. and six. For Nebraska, they fall to 5-4. and four. 3 and 3 in conference play. The West is disgusting, to say the least. Nebraska had 277 277 total yards. They had two touchdowns, one field goal. Tristan Alvano once again being reliable. I thought that if Nebraska just got closer and, you know, made the right plays and had a little more protection, Alvano could have been set up in a position to potentially break that 57-yard field goal record. Again, using a corn crazed reference. If you haven't listened to his channel or subscribed to him, please do. I will pin a link to his channel down in the comments section. But I'm sure most of you are familiar with him, as him and I have gone live several times. I want to have him on the show two more times this season or have him on my show once, go on his show once, just to talk about Nebraska because they're still in the Big Ten West race. I mean, they really are. Again, if they win out, as long as Minnesota loses to one more team, likely Ohio State, well, Nebraska's in Indy. An 8-4 and season. With a chance to, let's be honest, go 9-5, and five. Nebraska is not winning in Indianapolis if they reach there. They will be a sounding board for Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan. But an 8-5 and five Nebraska, with a chance to win their ninth game in a bowl, that would be their best season since, what, like 2012? So in, in terms of if you value going to Indy more than the quality of your season? which that would be quite a magical ride. If you're looking at overall team quality, it would at least be the best team in over half a decade, best team since either 2016 or 2014, when Tommy Armstrong was the quarterback in 16, and I think 14 as well, and Amir Abdullah was the Nebraska running back in 2014, and a Heisman Trophy candidate for much of that season. I still believe in rule. I have to mention that over and over and over again. I think it's necessary. But the trench play was awful. The team looked uninspired. The defense had a what-are-you-doing moment. And look, I mean, the offensive line has to be fixed. It really does. And I don't know if Donovan Raiola, if he's the problem, or this is just... What happens when you let Scott Frost recruit for five years amongst your offensive line? And it's going to take, you know, weeding out players like Turner Corcoran and Norden Newley and Teddy Prohaska and some of those other players, if it will take them graduating or being replaced by better players for this offensive line to take off. And if a lot of them are just busted by years of mismanagement by Scott Frost and company. I don't know what it will take, but the offensive line has to get better. A similar story in relationship to the success of this offense or the success of these offenses, it's a similar story to Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State is a much better offense. They're in a much better position to you know, win games. They're the far superior team. If you can draw a relationship between Ohio State football in Nebraska football right now the offensive line is the biggest thing holding these teams back that's the truth and you can say that a lot about a lot of offenses but there are some teams where they can compensate for bad offensive line play by having let's say in the case of Michigan State 2 years ago a Kenneth Walker III at running back or you can do what Colorado does Colorado's biggest problem facing them is the offensive line. But if they had a mediocre offensive line, I'd say the biggest problem facing them would be their defense or their running back room, because their running backs are honestly better pass catchers than they are running backs, especially in the case of young star Dylan Edwards. So the offensive line has to be a priority. You have to do whatever it takes to improve that unit, especially heading into 2024, whether it's firing Raiola, bringing in transfers. I don't care. I know Nebraska fans don't care. That unit has to improve. Despite not earning their sixth win and going bowling isn't a guarantee, I still think Nebraska will go bowling, and I think that there's still a good chance they win the West. I'm not a believer in Iowa. I think Iowa will lose potentially in dominant fashion to Rutgers I think Rutgers will wear that team down and I mean look the Hawkeyes only won 10 to 7 over Northwestern their margin for error is zero you get one big play one big play on Iowa you're probably winning again look at the Minnesota game they had one long pass one big play the whole game that was the reason why they won with Nebraska and Rutgers with how they're typically more methodical, slow, grind-you-up-two-clock offenses, for them especially to get one play would imply that they have had several short-to-medium chunk plays all game, probably multiple drives up and down the field. So I think there's a very likely chance that Iowa finishes out 1-2 and in their final three games, if not at least dropping a game to Rutgers. Or to Nebraska, potentially both. So, Nebraska is still in position to overachieve the expectations to begin the season, which for me were six and six. I just expected him to go bowling. I would have been content with five and seven, seeing that Matt Rule typically doesn't start off rebuilds in winning fashion. He likes to level everything and then build up from a foundation that he has completely overseen the construction of. But I predicted Nebraska would also go 7-5 and five because I had faith that they had enough pieces and now a good enough coaching staff to find wins and to, you know, earn an upset over Illinois on the road or to beat a Maryland team who had a similar level of talent to them. We'll see if that can happen, and I intend to preview that game this week. Let's talk about Michigan State. 295 offensive yards, two touchdowns. They fought hard and they earned a home victory. And in the trenches, Michigan State won. They won the battle on both sides. Their offensive line was able to protect Hauser and let the run game keep Nebraska's defense honest. And their front seven just wrecked Nebraska's offense. When you get seven sacks, 12 tackles for loss, I mean, that's that's a great performance defensively. And 65 total tackles, two interceptions— one by Khalil Majid, and another by Jaden Mangum. That's incredible. Michigan State played one of their better games of Big Ten conference play. And this has been an extremely, extremely rough season for State. Uh, I don't think anyone can deny that. This has been a very tough year for them. Um, When Mel Tucker, the reports were released that he was accused of sexually harassing Brenda Tracy and then he was suspended without pay then fired and the whole legal battle that is still going on between Mel Tucker and Michigan State it was just a mess and then after he got suspended and Harlan Barnett was promoted Washington goes in wins 41 to 7 Maryland wins 31 to 9 Michigan State loses to Iowa in choking fashion they lose to Rutgers in choking fashion. They, you know, they just weren't catching a break. They really weren't. And then they lost to Michigan, just got pancaked, much like the Washington game. And then they lost to Minnesota, despite Minnesota having kind of an emotional letdown after an upset win over Iowa. So to get this win after a six-scheme losing streak is important. Michigan State, it's very likely, despite this win, they won't win another game of the season. And they'll finish 3-9. and nine. But what's important right now is, like I've said in pre- previous videos, keeping the team together. Keep your good players from transferring away. Keep them on the roster. Keep them interested. Keep them invested. Keep them motivated. Michigan State plays Ohio State next in what is likely a you know sacrificial lamb game for the Buckeyes, they then travel on the road to play Indiana, and then they play Penn State on a Friday night at Ford Field. It's very likely that Michigan State will go 0-3 in those games. Uh, the likely best-case scenario is Michigan State goes 1-2 and with a win over Indiana, who they themselves, much like the Spartans, had a good win. They beat favorite Wisconsin. So the Spartans have had challenge after challenge after challenge, and it feels sweet to finally win one of those challenges. The biggest challenge on deck right now is hiring the next coach for this team because with Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA joining a conference that features Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Maryland, Rutgers is a team that I think is on the rise, etc. There are, you know, other teams that I'm not mentioning right now, like, you know, Illinois, Purdue, Indiana, Minnesota, Northwestern, just because they're not great right now, and I don't think they're on the rise, but those teams exist. Nonetheless, this this will be the deepest conference in the country next year. I fully expect that. It is critical that Michigan State hires a good head coach, whether that's Urban Meyer, whether that is Kaitlin DeBoer, whether that's Jonathan Smith, whether, you know, if, if P.J. Fleck, if Fleck wins out, which is very unlikely, but if he's able to earn an upset against Ohio State with what he's already done on the road against Iowa, and he reaches Indy, maybe you look at him and think, we could give you a nice raise compared to Minnesota. Maybe you look down the road to Notre Dame, who their loss to Clemson was a a snowball effect from them not wanting to pay Andy Ludwig to be their offensive coordinator. Marcus Freeman right now was that game wasn't on him. That was a basically his own university punishing him because they want to be cheap. Michigan State meanwhile, wrote a you know blank check for $100 million for a head coach who was only in his second year just because he beat their biggest in-state rival. I mean, Michigan State is desperate to get a good head coach. Maybe they go and get Marcus Freeman because they can easily double his salary. It's reported to be around $5 million. Maybe it's lower than that. Maybe they can triple his salary. Who knows? Money talks. Michigan State needs to get the right head coach. They have good players along the trenches. Offensive line, front seven. They have some players with potential in the secondary. They have good receivers, a good running back in Nathan Carter. They have quarterbacks with potential as well. As with the staff, I appreciate what Harlan Barnett has done. I think Michigan State fans do as well for him stepping into that role. Maybe he can stay on the staff as some kind of analyst, assistant, or maybe as you know, a character coach, a guy who can keep his players together and teach them how to be young men, how to be responsible, how to be disciplined. But him and every other assistant right now outside of wide receivers coach Courtney Hawkins have not done their job at developing their respective position groups. This staff has failed, and, and by staff I include Mel Tucker as well, failed these players so alan haller and michigan state university have a fork in the road whether they want to choose to be a big boy when it comes to football or not that's up to them and we'll leave it at that thank you so much for watching this video and also for supporting this channel thanks to crash2488 and anthony mcdowell for being heisman patron supporters Thank you to Spencer Bringhurst, Noah DLC, and SFS Inverted for being All-American Patrons. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, and Austin Christmas for being All-Conference Patrons. Check out my Patreon page and join this awesome community via the link in the description and in the pinned comment. Have a great day, guys, and I'll see you all around. Bye-bye, fellow football fanatics.